hello and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction. My name is Philippe Nuren and I'm joined as always by Fergal Armstrong. In the episode of Cracking Addiction today, we're going to be talking about how to maintain a patient on long-acting injectable buprenorphine and how to deal with some of the frequently encountered complications and questions that patients often ask us. So Fergal, one of the things that I encounter quite frequently when I've started someone on a LAIB is that the patient complains that the dose is not sufficient and they ask if I can do anything to increase the dose or adjust the dose. So essentially asking for a a top-up dose. What's your approach to this and how do you manage a situation like this? Yeah, that's a very common scenario, especially in that in that uh, phase of time when you're trying to get to steady state. So in the, before you've hit the fourth or the fifth injection, people people really haven't reached steady state and they're just not yet controlled. So you know, if you're using Buvidal, um, Buvidal's got a, a quite a, a wide range of doses, and Buvidal's got quite a wide range of dosing intervals. So. You know, if someone's on a low to moderate dose of Buvidal, then it's perfectly reasonable to either increase the dose of the Buvidal and or to use, give the next injection earlier. Because remember, with Buvidal monthly, you've got a dose range of three to five weeks. So if someone's coming, expecting an injection on week four and, they, and they're feeling they're not quite controlled and they present in week three, well, it's really easy. Just give them another, another, another dose. You know, and you would, you, you know, it's not unusual to, to be dosing people with Buvidal early especially until they get to the fourth or the fifth injection. However, if you're going to give top-ups, the product information for Buvidal says that you can give an an eight milligram dose of sublingual buprenorphine once in every dosing window. So that would be once in every week for Buvidal weekly and once in every month for Buvidal monthly. Um, In in clinical practice, I would say if someone's really... um, really in need of top-up doses, then I would give the next injection earlier. You could give main, you could give maintenance top-up doses of, of um, sublingual buprenorphine until the next injection was available. Um, but I've never actually had to do that. I've always been in a, in a clinical situation where I've had uh, the availability of, 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 of uh, stock of Buvidal. It's slightly different with Sublocade. So the Sublocade's product information allows you to give uh, eight milligrams daily of sub- sublingual buprenorphine every day for 14 days within a dosing window. And I actually find that given that the, the half-life of uh, sublocade is longer than the half-life of Buvidal monthly. So, you know, Buvidal monthly's half-life is 19 to 25 days, whereas Buvidal's sublocade's half-life is um, 43 to 60 days. <clears throat> You tend not to get the issue of, oh, the, the injection is not holding me as it should do. So it's, it's rarer. In my clinical experience, it's rarer. The problem that I have with uh, the patients sometimes on sublocate is that they present too early. So the dosing window for sublocates minus two days to plus 14 days. So it's every 26 to 42 days. And um, if, if patients come back on the 25th day, 26th day, just for convenience sake, what do you do? Do you give it early, even though it's outside that window? You know, the product information would say, well, no, you don't. But in reality, I think you probably would, especially if it was a 100 milligram dose. Absolutely. And I think what you've just stated is kind of reflected in my own clinical practice, where sometimes when I'm starting a patient out on an LAIB, usually Buvidal, I will occasionally give a couple of 
top up weekly injections, the eight milligram injections to a maximum of 32 milligrams per week. But usually uh, the patient does settle down after that initial teething period. A question that sometimes arises, though, is titrating the dose, the patient not feeling that the dose is suitable and, and mm. wanting to either go up or feeling a bit sedated and wanting to go down. How do yeah. you manage this in clinical practice? So with Bouvardal, it's fairly easy. Um, you know, there are, there's a wide dose range. So if someone's on a middle dose of, of a monthly Bouvardal and they, they feel they want to go down, it's very easy. Just the next injection, give them, instead of giving, giving them 96, drop them down to 64. And if they're not controlled, then give the next dose earlier or go up to the higher dose, which is 128. And then, of course, you know, we're going to be able to get the 160 milligram product as, as well. Um, with sublocade, um, if they're not being held, that would usually be in a situation where it, during the titration phase, when you know they, they haven't hit that fourth or fifth injection, then I would use top-up doses because remember we're expecting to to use 300, 300 for the first two months. If they're really not controlled after the second 300 injection, then I would be tempted to continue 300. Uh, for, uh, for you know the maintenance phase, so the indications for maintenance on three hundred is, is, is persistent use on top, persistent craving despite uh, you know adequate psychosocial support, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so you can use the three hundred as a maintenance dose, but it's not proven to be any benefit, and actually the, the evidence suggests that all it does is increase the side effects. But for some people, it is it is absolutely necessary because remember, for some people, they're used to being on 32 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine or, in fact, more daily. And that can be associated with significant variations in peaks and troughs. So, you know, it's, it's all about advising patients that they are going to feel different when they transition from uh, sublingual buprenorphine to LAIP. Absolutely. Now, in previous episodes, we've talked about the timing of doses for LAIB, but what do you do with a patient that's come in for a delayed dose or, or a missed dose? Uh, what's your approach in, in dealing with this complication? Yeah, so this is, the, the advent of LAIBs has really made services really think about how they deliver services to patients. You know, it used to be if you, you know, the, the, if you, the guidance suggested if you miss five days of either sublingual buprenorphine or methadone, then you're, 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 you've lost your tolerance and you, you need to be retitrated. Easy, right? Now, if someone presents five days after their, their 28 day mark for an LAIB injection, they're still within the potential, uh, uh effective uh, dosing of that LAIB, especially at steady state. So we need to understand the tail. So remember, the, the tail is, is what I refer to as the, the, persistent, the persistent elevation of plasma buprenorphine levels after steady state when you stop administering. So the tail for Bouvidal weekly is, is about three weeks, and the tail for Bouvidal monthly is about three months. And the tail for sublocade, if you're maintaining on 100 milligrams, is about two months. And the tail for sublocade 300, if you're maintaining on 300, is about five months. So you've got all this time when you still have an effective dose in, in someone uh, who may have missed a dose. So that's why we now see people who, you know, you, they get stabilized, they go wandering, and they come back months late 
and you'd expect them to be in withdrawal and they're not in withdrawal and they're perfectly controlled, in which case, well, you just give them the next injection because they're people for whom, luckily enough, their treatment regime allows them two monthly or even three monthly dosing. So we've had to reconsider in our services. You know, patients may not turn up for appointments, but that's okay. You know, and the next time they turn up, they just have to have the injection. Um, the issue is be, then becomes how do you manage people who are not yet titrated or sorry, who have not yet reached equilibrium and they're presenting late, you know, more than the, more than the five weeks for Bouvidal or more than two weeks late after um, sublocate and they haven't yet reached that steady state. Do you retitrate or do you or do you uh, just give them the next injection when it's due? And I think it's a judgment call. What would you say to that, Philippe? I'd agree. It is usually a judgment call. Um Personally, I, I retitrate, uh, but that's just to be doubly sure that we've got that baseline plasma level of buprenorphine mm. that we're aiming for. Is that yeah. somewhat similar to what you what you do? Yeah, it, as I said, it's a judgment. And the thing is, it, it's also complicated. What do you do if someone says they're using on top? Do you, do you, do you not inject them? They may have used on top uh, yesterday. They're not in withdrawal because they've still got buprenorphine on board or they're not in withdrawal because they're flooded with full mu agonists and you give them the next injection, are you going to precipitate it? Are you going to cause a precipitated withdrawal? It can be a bit tricky to work to work that one out. Absolutely. It, 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 it can be. Yeah. So going to another question that we, we sometimes get, how do, you, how do you switch from Bouvidal weekly to monthly or vice versa? Do you have an approach to that? Yeah, look, you just go back to the standard dosing regime that the product information supplies. And so basically when the next injection is due, if you want to go into a monthly, just go to the equivalent monthly dose and vice versa. If you want to go down to weekly, go to the equivalent weekly dose. The more uh, uh, interesting issue is how do you switch between Bouvidal and Sublocade? Um, now, the question is, why would you want to? Uh, you know, if someone's maintained on Bouvidal monthly and then they want to perhaps, you know, do work away and maybe do get some FIFA work, and then you really want that long-lasting injection. If someone's stabilized on high-dose Bouvidal monthly, you might just get away with, you know, the next injection administering them with 100 milligrams of uh, sublocate. But if someone's not controlled on Bouvidal at high doses, I'd say 128 monthly or even 160 monthly, then I don't think that you would uh, you, you would have to put them onto the 300 um for at least for a couple of months to see how they were before they were, you know, before you could say, okay, I'm happy that they're, they're stabilized. Now going the other way, um, I think you'd get them down to the 100 milligram sublocate monthly and then go on to the, um, you could then basically just wait for the long tail and then start uh, sublingual buprenorphine if you wanted to. Or if you wanted to, uh, and then, then from that go on to um, Bouvidal or if you wanted to do a direct switch, Go down to the 100 milligrams uh, monthly, and then maybe go to a, a 128 or Bouvidal, and then move from a 128 down the dosing range, down to maybe 64, and then down onto weeklies, and then titrate down that way. There are options. You know, this is the thing about Bouvidal; it's so flexible, it gives you plenty of options. And following this to the logical conclusion, what happens if you have a patient who wants to stop the depot? How would you approach uh, someone who no longer wants to be on LAIB and manage them through that time period? Well, the first thing I want to know is why, because, you know, in our clinical experience, I think you'd agree with me, Philippe, that LAIB is transformative. And for those people who are, who are tolerant of buprenorphine, it really does free people from the shackles of addiction and the shackles of dependency and the shackles of being 
stuck to the pharmacy, you know, having to turn up every day. It's, it's a great product. Both of these products are fabulous and they're transformative, right? So why, do the, why would a patient want to stop? Now, if they're not controlled, well, then surely the right treatment would be to find out why they're not controlled. What can we do to improve control? If, however, they've just had enough and that's it, there's no talk in the mind, how do you stop? The key thing about stopping LAIB is, first of all, understanding the long tail and then working out what's the next plan. So if we go back to the long tail, we, we need to appreciate that at steady state, once you stop, then you've got a long tail for sublocative two to five months, and you've got a long tail for buvidal, uh, for weekly buvidal, it's three weeks, and for monthly buvidal, it's three months, right? So you have to appreciate that they're still going to be controlled with that medication potentially till that time. So there's no point admitting people for a detox off LAIB. I've, I've had a couple of requests for that. You just can't. You just have got to stop it and let it ride itself. Like there's, you can't admit someone for two weeks to come off LAIB. It doesn't work like that. Then the next issue is you've got to understand is what are they going to jumping on? What are they jumping off to? So are they jumping off LAIB to methadone, to sublingual buprenorphine, or to abstinence? And then possibly also some people might want to jump off onto naltrexone, oral naltrexone. So if they're jumping off onto sublingual buprenorphine, well, you can literally start a, a dose of sublingual buprenorphine, right? You know, depending on what product, you know, anything between eight to 16 milligrams a day from the time when their last injection was due and maintain them on a long, long bridge to, to let the previous long tail wash out. That's one option. If they're jumping onto methadone, again, I, I would do it very, very slowly and cautiously because that long tail could be could have an additive effect to or, or sedative effect in addition to that expected with methadone. So I would I would titrate methadone at low doses very very slowly. If they're jumping onto um, abstinence, well then you know that's great. You know you get them all into um, psychological engagement. You know um, peer group support and all the. Uh, all the, the social interactions that you need for, for abstinence-based therapies. If they want to go into oral naltrexone, well, then you need to do, at, at, you know, give it a long, long time, wait for that long tail to, to, to vanish. Then I would give them a low-dose naloxone challenge, and if they didn't react to that, then I'd start on very low-dose naltrexone, and then gradually, every couple of days, increase the dose of naltrexone to 50 milligrams. Excellent. So in the episode today, I think we've covered pretty much the whole course of the patient journey on LAIB, commencing from dosing when to deal with a patient who feels that they're inadequately dosed, titrating the dose of the LAIB, how to transition between the LAIB and different formulations of LAIB, how to see someone on LAIB and also transition from LAIB over to methadone as well. So we've covered a fair bit of information. So thank you all for your company on this episode of Cracking Addiction and bye for now. Music